This is Hugh Elliott. I'm one half of Can't Sell This. I'm recording this as a preamble to this episode because some things happened in between recording the episode and the launch of the episode. Namely, I wrote the final version of the story and published it. Wherever you're getting your, your podcast, I recommend you stopping now and going to the show notes and finding the link to Book Funnel to download the Problem with Vampire short story. And then listen to the episode, because I think you'll enjoy hearing the feedback I got from Stefan that I then incorporated into the final version of The Problem with Vampires. It's free, so enjoy the story, and then come back. Um, so we're going to... Uh, no intro. Hashtag no yeah, intro. No hashtag no intro. Um, so Stefan... Yes. We're going to try something new tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah, tonight we're going to have episode one of the Problem with Vampires short story. Oh. You're listening to the Can't Sell This podcast, dedicated to projects past that never saw the light of day. With your hosts, Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambart. I think what we're going to do, and I mean, we've already, we've discussed this, so it's Mm -hmm. not like a think. I know this, is that I've written the short story that I talked about in the Halloween episode. Oh, wow. And uh, I had you read it. Yes. And before you had a chance to give me too much feedback, I was like, we really need to record this. And then you made the suggestion that this ought to be a new thing within the podcast so not only are we going to do the guest episodes not only will we bring up new content but we're going to start spinning off content and having streams essentially yeah i mean it's starting to become apparent that we are coming back often enough to ideas that we have have sort of gone over and actually working on them or actually doing something with them or we have more to say about and on top of that, I think that we have listeners who are interested in specific ideas and seeing where they go. So, I mean, it's it's great to, to constantly be coming up with other ideas that we couldn't sell. But, I mean, <laughs> it's also interesting to, to sort of come back to the ones that we are working on, that potentially we can transform them from something we couldn't sell into something that maybe we can. Yeah, I think that is a apt way to put it. So, here we are, having uh, aired the Halloween episode before Halloween, and now following up with the short story that I wrote based on that episode. Yes. All right, so where do you want to start? Well, um, we... I don't want to, I'm not going to, we're not going to take this offline. So here, here's the, here's the question I have for you and, and you can, de- we can decide this mutually and, and this may end up edited out, but maybe not. Do you think I should release as the, as the show notes, release the short story as it is knowing that mm. we're going to revisit it or that I'm at least going to revisit it based off of your feedback tonight? Well, I think that's up to you. I mean, do you, do you want to have sort of like a, um, 
either in the show notes or somewhere where people can link to it and see sort of a work in progress? Or do you want to just well, wait? I think that might be fun. I think that might be okay. a great idea. I, I, I started to think about it. It's much like the, mm-hmm. the uh, Christmas story, the Christmas poem. Uh, I've already talked with John about uh, doing another version of that. And I, you know, I've already writ, writ, wrote out in the show notes the, the poem there. I like the idea of people seeing the, the evolution of something. And this is exactly what this is. So I think I might. Okay, yeah. I think it's so great. So uh, we're not going to actually read this story out loud. I, I don't see the point in that. Okay. Uh, because I will I will allow it to be read, read. by anybody that chooses to. Oh, yeah. So, so maybe if, we'll, just, we'll just go into your notes. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if you're listening right now, this would be the perfect point to, to pause the podcast and go read the story, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, read the story of Mike, the guy, and Fidelia, the, you know, vampire. Should we just wait? Let's wait. Let's wait for (laughs) everyone to read the story. (laughs) I think we can get away with not waiting, you know. You know, I think they can... We'll just pretend like they hit pause. Oh, okay, great. Awesome. You guys ready? Welcome 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 back. back. (laughs) So, uh... First, first thoughts, Stefan. Okay, so I, I, my first thought on reading it was that it is getting uh, tighter. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely this was like a nice big step in the right direction, in my opinion. Um, yeah. There's a couple of things that I kind of felt uh, could could uh, use a little bit more development. So, I mean, right now we're looking at a story that's about five pages long. So I think you have some room here to to add a little bit more. Um, oh, really? Add? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, first of all, I think what has stayed intact uh, is the, the whole joke about playing with your food, which mm-hmm. I really, really like. Yeah. I think it's really good. And I think that the way that it's written here is is close to how it should be, if not can be completely left alone. Like the, the finale is, is good in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so I would say that one of the parts that um, kind of, I wouldn't say bothered me, but where I could, where I felt it could use a little bit more work was with the fact that um like, Fidelia picks Michael because of the fact that he doesn't have a lot of friends, he may not be missed, that sort of thing, right? And she does this because she's she's going to basically feed off of him and kill right. him. But she mm-hmm. she explains this to Michael as if, you know, uh, you know the, or he explains it, I guess, is sort of in the way that is like, oh, well, yeah, I could totally become a vampire because no one would ever miss me because I don't really have friends or I don't really do much. Right. Yeah. That sort of him, the way he said that, um, just didn't felt a little forced, I guess, or just felt uh, disingenuous. Hmm. And just because it like, even for the character that he is, I just don't think that that's something he would say. Okay, or, or anyone yeah, in that position he, he would, would say. he would make himself into a sad sack He'd yeah like a, you know hey look at you you're super cool I'm but 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 at this point in my mind at that at the point that he was starting to divulge this information 
he was believing her. Like he believed mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. He was like, okay, well, I'm I'm fine with becoming a vampire, and this is why. Like I didn't I didn't see it as being disingenuous. No, me. I think. Well, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is that it would it would um, it would read better if. Um, it would read better if it starts off with Fidelia saying, basically pro- propositioning him for this, and then right. as he starts to agree, as he starts to believe it's real and starts to agree, then she backs off, and then mm-hmm. he's like, no. Then he becomes one who's like, no, 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 I want this, I want to do this. You do want to pick me, right? And then he can he can be looking for reasons to make to make her. Like say, okay, yeah, you're right. You are a good candidate, which which is where he could be. Like, I don't have a lot of friends. No one's gonna miss me. Look at I can do this. That sort of thing. Yeah, maybe, maybe I don't know. I, I'll have to think about that. I, I in my head, like she's she's convincing him, and once she's convinced him, he's on board. But she's never right. really ever trying to convince him. It's about her sadness and her loneliness that he buys into, and then her final yeah. proof of forcing him to stab himself you know like that's the right look i can make you do things there's there's this whole deal where you know i'm going to stop time everybody's going to leave this bar and you're not going to be alone and he's not going to be aware of that stoppage of time he's not going to be aware of anything that happens outside of himself because she's the one in control of it and that's i mean it, it that that's where that whole you as the reader pick up on those things it's interesting that from your point of view he's the one convincing her no no no, he's not you know in your story it's definitely her that uh, it, 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 she's the one convincing him and in what i'm discussing she's still convincing him it's mm-hmm. just a matter of she's doing it by making him think the idea comes from his own damn self um right right i'll, I'll, I was, I'll get I was into sort of playing off the sim- sympathetic point of view like i was trying to play it off as she was I mean, obviously tricking him in general, but, but also playing it off as like, she needs him, which is, which is how right guys yeah. that are weak oh, tend yeah. to want, they want to be the one to help or so, be the one that's wanted, but she doesn't need him at all. I don't, you know? and I don't think any of that should be taken out. I guess I'm just saying that it, I think what would make it stronger was if the argument was a bit more multifaceted. Mm-hmm. And a little yeah, bit I mean, longer, you're probably right, because it just sort of feels like I don't believe you. Holy fuck! I just stabbed my hand. Now I believe you. You know, which <laughs> which is a, it's just a a, a a byproduct of the fact that it is it is essentially five pages, right? Like, I mean, if you if you doubled that and you added more to the argument, where at first he doesn't believe her, then he's kind of in denial about the fact that all this exists. And he has like that moment where he's just starts, he starts freaking out when he does realize it's real and she has to calm him down and really mm-hmm. sort of like show her nurturing him into this world. So the, the reader will even be like, okay, this is, this is an origin story for Michael the vampire. Right. Right. And then only at the end does it become, I like to play with my food, right? And th- what I love about that line too is because when I was reading it, one of the things that crossed my mind was like, oh, well, because I knew, I knew this story was about her actually just wanting to feed, right? Right, So yeah. I thought, well, if she can control people and make them do things, why is she even bothering with trying to convince someone to go into an alley with her so she can feed off him? Oh, right, because she's playing with her food. Like, 
this is what she does for yeah, fun. Yeah, she's getting a kick out of it, right? right? So like, it, it explains whole... away the plot, like any like, because you will probably have people asking that, or actually you won't, because if if they are believing the narrative that you're presenting them, mm-hmm. then they'll be like, oh, she's conv- she could just make him do whatever she wanted, and that even could be an argument that Fidelia makes to Michael, because he could at yeah. one point say, how do I know you're not fucking with me? And she's like. I don't have to fuck with you. I could just I make you do to. what I, I want. I can make you do whatever I want. Yeah. And then and I mean that's and I like the I love the concept of anybody reading it that really likes this whole romantic notion of the vampire and that, you know, oh my god, she's going to turn him and teach him and Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but instead it's like no, man, a total no. disappointment for no. people that really dig on she's romantic vampires. She's just eating them. That's yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and it's funny because uh Knowing the ending and knowing where this ends up, I'm like, this, I'm more interested in the character of Fidelia now, you know, like, oh, yeah, totally. she's, she's an interesting, interesting character. Like, there, what else could we, we throw into? But anyways, let's not mm-hmm. get ahead of mm-hmm. Well, what's, what, what to me is, is, uh, very gratifying is, is the idea that you can picture it. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like I've, I've written it in a way. Cause I'm not, I'm not, I'm not necessarily a writer. So I've written it in a way that I felt. I could picture what was going on. And that's, that's how I've always reacted mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. you know, stories to begin with. So it, I find that very gratifying that you're like, Oh, I can see it. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's yeah. exactly how yeah, I yeah. want it to be. Man. Yeah, no, for I sure. can For sure. Um, so one of the other comments that I had, um, and I think I told you this before, but when I was reading it is I thought it could, it could use uh, a different time setting, right? Like, a, mm, yeah, yeah, I'm still not. <laughs> you know, no, you know what? I've 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 come around. Not on that at one. all. Not at all. I mean, like it. It could. It's funny when here's 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 my here's my rebuttal and 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 what happened after we discussed this the first time, what led to us recording this is that you'd said, you know, it would be it would be cool if if you know, you, he could talk about his relationships that he has none and this girlfriend that supposedly. So I had this whole sentence in my head of. You know, when Fidelia first speaks and she says, I'll tell you the problem with vampires, you know, the, the follow-up is Michael turns his head away from the screen he was looking at, at the unread text to his mm-hmm. now non-existent girlfriend. Sort of, th- you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I had this whole thing in my head of like how he was, his mind was going to play that role of, I do have a girlfriend, but she doesn't talk to me and I don't talk to her. And, and who's this bewitching creature? You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. I think I think one of the interesting things, and, and I thought it was a good point, is like maybe there's a way to just sort of he play he starts to narrate to himself how he's alone and narrate to himself. Yes. Well, yeah. maybe this isn't a bad thing yeah. over the course of the the you know up until the second she you know gets him to stab himself and she convinces him that she is a vampire, he could just be playing along, right? You know, like oh you know yeah no I'm like this girlfriend who doesn't talk to me or you know the fact that my parents are both deceased or. Well, I mean, so you know, I think, or even just that I don't see them. The um, the fact that I had suggested the different time period was, I think, essentially just coming from a place where I've just been playing too much Blades in the Dark recently, and and that's just what's <laughs> been on my mind. But um, uh, no, I do, I do think it, it the opening is much stronger, definitely, if it's modern yeah. time. And I think you're right. 
not maybe not necessarily an inner monologue where he's like talking about life or but the idea that it starts off a little bit earlier a little mm-hmm. bit before the um you know what the problem with vampires is and it's just it's him or maybe it starts there where she says this stuff to him and he's just like who's crazy over here right like maybe he's like she's hot but she's a little like off a of rocker talking about vampires and maybe there's a point where it's just like that 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 first introduction kind of lulls right and yeah. then he, and that's when he's like he's looking at his phone and he sees like the three texts that he sent to three different people to come meet him for a drink and none of them have responded or all of them are busy or you know or he's like i haven't seen these people in like six weeks they, do they even remember who i am well maybe not that drastic but you know like sort of like <laughs> showing off that he's like i know these people but they're all just like work acquaintances you know, there, there's yeah. no one in my life I call a friend. Yeah, no, I like that. It interspersed with the phone buzzing and looking at the phone and going, oh, yeah. you know, Stefan canceled on me. Yeah. Or something like that. Or Stefan can't make it. Yeah. Whomever. Sorry, dude. You, 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 ha- hang yeah, in with yeah. buds. I'll see you at work with, tomorrow, maybe, I guess. With my girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, and that's good. And I mean, like, the, my point to the whole thing about not wanting to go back in time at all what, what and I, I i said it to you but i'll say it here is is you know the amount of skepticism that we have now towards the mythic and the mythological mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is needed for this yeah like, i agree you know I you agree. go back a hundred years and people still kind of believed in vampires and werewolves and you know demons and yeah and this whole thing where it wouldn't be as hard to convince them no and i think that that's but that's what i saw as a strength when i first suggested it was because because this is a very short argument and michael goes very quickly from being someone who doesn't believe in the existence of vampires or, or have any sort of like proof that they exist to being someone who's ready to become one and it happens very quickly right. so but but but, but, that I, can, but that can easily be explained in by the by her power of suggestion yes you know yeah which which i didn't i don't want to explicitly state a lot of the a lot of the things that were going on but that was something in my head is like She's still, you know, she she's still yeah. exerting some force of will over. It him, would be interesting like, to, oh, yeah, to maybe you do believe in me. It, you know? it would be kind of interesting to kind of play that up a little bit. Um, so to have Michael or if she say says something and he sort of repeats it or paraphrases not necessarily it bad, but something along the lines of um, where he's like Fidelia, let's do it, and then he's like, and then instead of being te- like like his dialogue, he just said in his mind, he's like, did I just fucking say that? Am I really going to do this? Mm-hmm. to live as long as I want with wealth, I have nothing here. And it's like, and then yeah. sort of like go back to his inside voice saying, saying, do I actually believe that this is happening or I can't believe that this is happening? You know, so there's this, there's this sort of juxtaposition between what he's thinking and what he's actually saying and the right. fact that his thoughts are being influenced by what he's saying. You don't have to ever spell out that Fidelia is putting those words in his mouth. I think that just the fact that there's that sort of like question between thought and speech is it would be yeah. interesting. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I think I think I solved a problem by introducing another problem or by weakening something else. <laughs> I mean, a lot of what I wanted in this, what like the reason it's five pages, the reason it's length it is, is, is specifically so there's no, 
you don't have to explain a bunch of other stuff. It's just right. not required. No. You know, there doesn't need to be a ton of other dialogue. She presents the case. She convinces him. She, you know, does some supernatural shit. And <laughs> he's so, like, what the hell? You know? And then, and then, you know, the end. And I, you know, in, in my head, like that, that plays out, like even from a visual standpoint, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, I think I could probably throw in, I wouldn't want to throw in a double length in there. I, I think like get another page, maybe page and a half into well, that just me, to like add in those inner dialogue things. Let, let me uh, take us on um, a digression, but, some, <laughs> but something I'd like to call a productive digression. Okay. So one of the things that has really been interested me um, for the last you know, year, I would say. Like, it's something that's always interested me, but in the last year, I've really thought a lot about this. Um, there's a movie that came out last year, end of summer last year, uh, that sort of exemplified this for me. It's called Kin. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a sci-fi film. No, uh, Michael no. B. Jordan has a small role in it. The uh, same with um, uh, Dennis Quaid. Okay, so anyways, yeah, it's... It's directed by uh, two brothers, uh, Josh and Jonathan Baker. It's this sci-fi story about a kid growing up in Detroit uh, with his foster family. He doesn't really know his foster brother because his foster brother's been in jail. Uh, This kid runs around. And anyways, I'm not going to get into the story completely. But the point is that um, this film is based on... It's written, there's a different uh, screenplay writer, but um, it's based on a short written and directed by the two directors, Josh and Jonathan. Okay. The short is called Bagman. The film is Kin. And they both carry a lot of the same elements, although transformed. So Bagman has a kid. Bagman has a, a, a... like essentially what happens in the short is that you're kind of led to believe that this kid's got a gun in his duffel bag and he's going to go to school and, and and there's going to be a school shooting. But then they do this really deliberate scene where he walks in the opposite direction of the kids walking to school and then gets on a train, goes out in the middle of nowhere, sets up cans. He's, you know, he's going to pull this gun out and he's going to start, you know, like practicing shooting. And then he pulls out this crazy science fiction laser rifle. Right. Which is like right out of the blue. And then all of a sudden this car shows up with a bunch of gangsters in it. And they're like, they just happen to be in the same spot. And they're taking someone out to like off them. So this kid saves him. The end. Right? Sorry for okay. the spoilers. Um, <laughs> so Kin the Movie, which is a feature length film, has a road trip. It has the gun. has a kid. It has poverty. It has uh, the crime element. But mm-hmm. remixed in very different ways, and I think for the most part, it's it's a it's a really successful film. Uh, I don't think it actually got the greatest ratings or um, reviews, hmm. but um, but I th- I thought it was a, a really well done, very simple '80s style science fiction story. With, okay. Like it's not perfect, but it's good. But my feeling is that. The problem with vampires is that it could be that. It, and what I mean by that is this is something that 
can be stretched out a little bit and made into an interesting short film. Yeah. And then could be stretched out a lot more to be made into a feature. Right. I think the feature level of this is something that would be more difficult because it is well, a very think, basic premise. Yeah, I but I it would be interesting if the short became the beginning of the feature. Yes, you know? exactly. So, so like, you know, you you have this whole anti-hero thing with Fidelia killing Mike and then going off and having the rest of the movie. Right. But but that's where I mean the short would be the introduction of the Fidelia character, but it would mm. be through the point of view of Mike. But I think that it's an interesting enough short because it 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 does kind of like turn itself self on its head. And, yeah. But I mean like like I'm starting to think of scenes that you could add in mm. that would flesh this out without taking away from that basic premise, right? So the first one, like how, how you know, mentioning that um, when Fidelio first approaches Mike, he's kind of like standoffish and then realizes like, you know, well, what do I have to lose, right? Like I haven't, I, right. like no one else is coming to have a drink with me. This is, you know, and it could even be his phone buzzes and it's the last person to say, no, sorry, man, I'm not coming. And he's like kind of pissed off. And she notices, so she says something. And that's when he's like, you know what? She's here. She's shown an interest. She's good looking. She's talking about vampires and is a little bit crazy. But why not have a crazy conversation with a hot chick tonight? That's like what's going through his mind, right? Right. But then also things like I could see the the, the if, if you want to flesh out that argument and you want to give it a kind of like rise and fall and then rise again, right? You have that moment where she, Fidelia, feigns doubt to make mm -hmm. it so that Michael is now the one leading the argument because then she knows, like, that's her, her playing with him. Getting him to be the one who says, I want this, I want to do this, let's do it, please don't say no to me now. Right. So, so to sort of make that argument flow a little bit more and have like a little bit more interest in it than just two people sitting in a bar and talking for, an, for a short film, you could do things like... Like I see a scene where he goes into the bathroom, right? And he's like, just like in there pacing for a second. And he's just like, what, you know, what am I doing? Like, oh my God, like she's, this is, this is real. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe before everyone leaves. So someone tries to get in the bathroom and he like slams the door in their face and says, "Occupado." <laughs> yeah. That's a little in joke. Sorry. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I get it. I get it. Very you know, and then, and then like, just, uh, you know, there's, a, there's a couple of places couple of scenes, maybe, you know, they, they go from the bar to sitting at a table, something. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm just, the way I'm envisioning it now, I'm seeing. Right. A few, Almost a like a bit. before sunrise, but with a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be silly. Yeah. I, it, you know, it, it you know, it's, it, this takes it to an entirely different place and different conversation from, you know, the, the context of this particular episode, I think. Okay. Um, not to, sorry, not to, to totally dissuade you from this conversation, but it is one of those things where I'm like, you know, this, cause I see episode two of this being the revision and maybe the delivery of it. And then let's move to scripting something. Oh, I think, okay. it, I think it very, I think it very easily lends itself to a script. Yeah, for sure. Um, and in that regard, like I, you know, 
I, I'm fully welcoming of, of those kind of, you know, uh, notes. So I, you know, in, in my head, like the way I see the short story going is like, it's kind of where it needs to be in with the addition of some of the things you mm-hmm. pointed out as not, I don't, wouldn't call them shortcomings, but I would say that they would definitely be good. Things yeah, no, to add. none, none um, of, none of what I'm suggesting is because I think that there's some kind of a fault in what you got. Mm-hmm. I think what you got is, is, is really, really good. I'm just, I'm like, Ooh, this could make it a little bit stronger. Ooh, this could yeah, add a little bit of interest here. 100%. So. I don't disagree. I think it, I think, I think version two will be sort of the last of the short story version of things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then maybe just release it as an EPUB, sell it for three bucks a piece or something. I don't know what people sell EPUBs for, but you know, sell it and then. Uh, yeah, I think you'd have to look into that and see, you know, because because I don't. Maybe it's a buck. <laughs> yeah, well, for five pages, right? Like, what are people going to pay? Oh That's yeah, something. whatever. And also, it'll be publicly available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> or just release it. Um, what's that? Or just yeah, or just release it. Yeah, for free. or just release it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, but package it up so mm-hmm. it looks like a uh, looks like a, a small book. Um, yeah, but I think that that's I think you know I can see us moving forward. Uh, with a a short film version. Yeah, quite for sure. easily, quite easily. Yeah, man, I I I've already got like uh, a director in mind. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing if you already have someone in mind. Um. Well then, let's let's end that. I think that that I think we can officially call that in the can. Well, yeah. So let me just let me just um, say this then. So you're gonna you're gonna make some revisions. I think so. Cool. Yeah. Man. I mean, I'm definitely gonna make revisions. This has been another episode of Can't Sell This, and I am Hugh Elliott. And I am Stephen Grammar. And you have a spooky night. This episode of Can't Sell This was produced in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All creative content contained in this episode is copyright Stefan Grambart and Hugh Elliott. Intro voice by Jeff Wright. Intro music track is Energy by Not Of from their 2015 album Peak. Questions or comments can be sent to admin at can'tsellthispodcast.com. Any other information can be found at can'tsellthispodcast.com. Yeah.